And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. My name is Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And 100 Watts and a Wire is the intersection of life and amateur radio. Whether you're a new ham or an experienced op looking for your people, that's so important. We have to find our people in this hobby because it's so diverse, which is awesome, but people are into different things, as we know. Uh, we're here to provide you some entertainment, some community, and the best information that we can pass on. And look who it is. Look who I found. It's Steve <laughs> W7 UDI. Hey, Steve. Hey, Christian. How's it going? Oh, my God. You know how it's going. I have so much that I've had five days <laughs> off, and it has been a ham-filled. I don't know how I've gotten away with it. Frankly, I have no idea how I've managed to get away with it. But um, it started... Oh, let's bring in our uh, our boy, uh, our boy uh, Scotty, too. We'll bring him in here as well. Hey, Scotty. Hey, what's up, guys? KC3, BXN. He's keeping an eye on Zoom call-ins. We've got a link for the Zoom call-ins, and he's also keeping an eye on our chat here. But uh, And and one year in the conversation, that's why I hired a very expensive sound engineer is because he can listen to several things and keep an eye on most we things. <laughs> until I I'm ask like a, him, I'm hey, like a sonic octopus. Yeah, something like that, until I need something. And then he's like, huh? And I'm like, ah, damn, <laughs> again? Well, I, what? I was just looking at the new Adam and Eve's uh, catalog for, for Christmas gifts. You know, that's kind of how it goes. Reading the Browns mailbox. <laughs> yeah, he now receives their mail. Anyway, we're just all kidding, but we do have a uh, call in. We'll take uh, questions if you have them tonight. Put a cue in front of them and drop them in the chat. We may take some live calls here in a bit. Certainly as we go into um, live coverage of our Sunday evening net, that's when we break away from our podcast listening audience, but you're always invited to join us Sundays at 6 o'clock Central Time on YouTube as we record this load of cobblers, as my Irish friend would say, <laughs> this load of cobblers. But uh, anyway, nice to see you. And let me tell you about getting back tonight. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about some test gear uh, some things to think about and really kind of gearing it toward the newer ham, letting you know some things you want to think about. And uh, I once heard a man, and I'm I'm spacing on his name, but he talked about investing your money in test equipment. He's a invest your money, and we know him too. He's on Ham Nation. What's his name? Uh, he's in Oregon. This is like uh, Pitcher, Pitchers, what is it? Uh, Pitcher, what, what's his name? He's in Oregon. You know who he is. Who's the ham in You're Oregon? You're talking about Randy, K7AGE. That's right. Thank you for picking me up. Randy once said he believes in um, buying test equipment. This was many years ago, and that's where he likes to invest his money. And I think now, with a decade in, I agree. I think that's a, a good choice. We'll talk about some options tonight here on the podcast or whenever you're listening uh, to this, but let's go over some interesting, fun things throughout our week. It's been a five-day Thanksgiving week. We put the lights on here. Uh, I, I'm told they're they're not uh, they're they're festive and they're not tacky. But uh, uh, here you go, if you're watching, we've got them up no. nonetheless, and I think they're going to just ride with us now that we're no post. RFI from them either. Nothing. They're just perfect lights that we have here hanging in our studios. 
Wednesday, I break off. I think it was Wednesday. It could have even been Tuesday. I did my first POTA, and I activated the uh, Gateway Arch in St. Louis. And this was a trick, you guys. And I've activated this thing twice. It doesn't show up on the POTA websites because I think POTA came along after the National Parks on the Air program took place in 16. Well, I had forgotten. Things have changed down there a little bit. And parking is just a mother. And I'm like, I just need to get on the arch grounds, you know. And I circled around, I circled around. And in fact, I was posting on our Discord that I, I think I'm going to pull the plug on this activation because there's nowhere for me to... It would have been a quickie, like, I'd have been set up in, like, the Hyatt Hotel parking. You know, something that wouldn't have been good. I was waiting for somebody to come knock on my window. I tried it, looped around, and I finally found a spot. And I'm like, okay, cool, we're going to do it. And the band conditions were not great. I ended up working 11 stations on this morning. I'm talking like 9.30 in the morning. I don't know. But it worked. And I was like, cool. And the next thing you know, it became very addictive, guys. I'm like, let me look and see. I got one for good measure because uh, somebody in Discord was like, you should get more than 10. 10 an official activation. Mm -hmm. I said, like, all right, let me get 11. I got an 11. I'm like, cool. And I did it mobile. I think activating the park... This particular one at the Arch, it's a it's a national landmark. It's, you know, if you go up in the Arch, you're taking your shoes, your belts. It's like an airport, highly guarded. So I think mobile is the way to do this particular one. The first two times I did it. Yeah, I did it. Then I got a weird hair. I went off and I went up to the, uh, I was like, let me go have lunch at the art museum. It was a beautiful day and I'm sitting out there looking and I posted more pictures up on Discord. I'm like, look at me. You know, I'm one of these guys now. I'm overlooking and having my sandwich here. And then I thought, I, you know, I got three hours to kill. I was in the city because my daughter was still in school. And so I, I could go over and do the Scott Joplin house. Like, Scott Joplin is a historic site. He lived there in the early 1900s. It was recently robbed, and they closed it for a bit, right on a city street. But I went, and I pulled right up front another image I posted on Discord, like, I'm going to do it. I'm right here. I can't be on the sidewalk, but I, this is as close as I can get. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody heard anything. Actually, Don in our in our group, one of our net control operators, he heard me. And it was one of those yelling ones where we're like, <laughs> like, what was that? Did you get it? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And nobody else. I think it was just a weird prop game. So I had, uh, I was riding high, like Sinatra says, and then I was shot down in, in the afternoon. But I will say- hey, At least you got the arch done. You I know, did get it done. activated. The, the POTA website- They've come a long way since uh, the early, once they first started, it used to you know, be an individual person you used to have to send them to, and I think that might change a little bit. They were all volunteer, now they've got something online where you just upload it to that. It was a piece of cake, Steve, and I thought, man, I'm really, where can I go next? So that's how the, uh, the beginning of the week was, and I don't think I could have put any other antennas up. Both of these spots were like a drive up to it. And that's it. And, and maybe the Grant House. There's another Ulysses S. Grant place that I have activated. Uh, but anyway, so I, I got the bite for the for the poda, 
And it, it was like so easy. I uploaded it and the next day, bloop, all the information. They've really got their act together over at the POTA. Any thoughts on that, Steve-O? No, that sounds great. Uh, that sounds like a blast. So I'm looking forward to doing a few out here. So we'll, we've got a few parks around. I'm sure you uh, do. Stop and visit and set up and uh, do the same thing, the mobile the mobile setup and see what happens. Oh, we got another story. We're going to double back to this. But let me uh, let me ask Scotty, you kind of got into the uh, the POTA. Was that like your first like real interest in the hobby? Yeah, actually, my my some of my first HF was with POTA. So, um, put the guy that started POTA, Jason, I forget his call sign, um, off the top of my head. He's for Jason, he's in Maryland and W three X A A X or W three A A X maybe. Is that yeah, him? he's yeah, a he's a, he's, a Mar- he's a Maryland boy, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so it kind of started here. And some of the some of the early top um, uh, POTA POTA guys um, and gals. Um, were into it and i got and i kind of stumbled on that just as i got my uh, my general and uh, it was pretty small and so you spotted yourself on uh, on facebook on the facebook page and there was wasn't a whole lot of users and it was a lot of fun i got i got into it and, and uh kind of popped my hf cherry with the uh with the poda it was fun uh, we have a park the park that actually backs right up to the browns um is actually a uh a poda park Ooh. and so so I'd go up there a lot and then go camping out in Western Maryland. Did the Cino Canal and all. So it was fun. I haven't done it in a while. I need to get back out there. So are you now, saying you were camping at the Browns? No, I was. I I did a a, a day activation at the at the park. Because oh, right on the back, oh, the back hourly, side. an hourly activation. Okay, day thirteen eighty eight. I think. <laughs> so let me give you some context, Just, uh, so it's not so inside. The Browns Hotel is a little bit sketchy, and they lay rented by the hour. Let's say it's not too far from uh, where Scotty is, I suppose. And I don't know why he knows it so well, but apparently they've got hourly rates or whatever. It's but on the back side, yeah, it's a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> on the back side of it, it's like the arch, something like that. On the back side, what? It's a forest, right? It's a national it's forest. It's a Patapsco Valley State State Park. Yeah. Gotcha. So you just stayed in bed, threw it out the window, and we're like, mostly. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Penicillin shot. Got it. So now you all know what the Browns is, if it ever comes up. But uh, Scotty's saying they they may tear it down. But there you go. And they're look, looking to turn it into condos. All right. They want that land. They want that land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, right uh, we went live on, I think it was Friday. I'm getting my days are blending Friday, in yep. now. We did the Black Friday looking around just to see what sort of deals were out there. And it turns out that you saw something you liked. What'd you end up doing? Well, I, put, uh, I pulled the trigger on a FT891. It was uh, on sale Ooh. at uh, HRO and I think Gigaparts had it on sale and so I pulled the trigger after we got done with the uh, live stream. I made a five-minute phone call to HRO and done deal. So it's on its way. Nice. And everybody is an enabler in the in the <laughs> Discord. Like in the I'm Discord thinking, group. like everybody's just do it, do it. And Pastor Joe's it, leading it, the it. charge. Do it, do it now. Just do it now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, aren't I supposed to feel some <laughs> guilt, it. Pastor Joe? Do it. Do it now. Do it. Now. Do it, now. Do it. <laughs> you need to do it. Oh, right it was now. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And I didn't because, and at 600 bucks though, that's good. And I think that Mm. you're thinking of using it for your, your mobile, right? 
work truck. I'm going to probably set it up to where I can go between my, uh, one of my trucks, uh, my personal truck and the work truck. So, uh, I kind of have an idea on a uh, mounting situation. Okay. So once I get it and, uh, need the only disadvantage of the 891 is you need an external tuner, but I got a perfect tuner for it. Well, a couple of them. And, but I got one set aside and I go, I think this will work. It's a manual tuner and, uh, We'll just tune by ear and go from there. Cool. All right. Well, I look forward to that because I think HF Mobile is fun because I like to listen. I don't always operate mm -hmm. mobile, um, but I've had mobile now for a couple of years, took it out for a little bit and then put it back in because two meters was just not happening. I'm like, this is great. I'll use two meters. That'll be fine. I'm putting around town or whatever and not enough to keep it going. It was just scanning and scanning and scanning and there are people there at different times and they have scheduled nets, but I'm like, I just like the, uh, the randomness of HF sometimes. And, you know, I might put 80, you know, 80 minutes in the truck each day. So anyway, it, it suits me. I'm looking forward to you getting in there. Scotty, you're not an, you're not an HF mobile guy. You did it. And then you were like, nah. Yes. It's a, I, uh, with my drive, my, my drive to work is about an hour each way. Mm. And, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I guess, I never could get the, the noise, my ignition noise, sort of tamed. And I didn't didn't spend a lot of time on it, but it was just kind of noisy, and um, didn't really have a spot to put a, an antenna. I had to, I had a Hustler resonator on there. I, uh, I think it was a twenty meter one. Um, and um, yeah, it's just uh, cruising down the road. I was just constantly scanning the frequencies while I was trying to drive, and it just got a little distracting. So yeah, I so I have I the. It out. I come 7,100 and I just turn, I'm driving and I'll just turn, you know what I mean? I'll just kind of, it's not, I think, uh, making contacts on HF and mobile is, is, can be pretty tricky. And even when I was stopped and at the arch activating, I'm left-handed. So I'm always kind of reaching over, you know, into the middle armrest section to try to get some things going. I could move over in that far right seat for this one. I thought I was going to be asked to get out, get on get the stepping down the road. So I just stayed in there, kept the truck running. It was a colder day than it, than it's been. Uh, so, you know, being a lefty, but definitely taking contacts on the fly on the road. is. I don't think I would just be like, if I could remember giving it back to you, cool. If not, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to log this mm -hmm. or send me a note is probably what I'd say. But yeah, I get it. I get it. That's for sure. All right. If you have a question, you can put a cue in front of it, drop it into the chat. We are going to give you a little bit of history now. Who says you can't learn something about Radio Steve? Come on. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was first broadcast locally in New York City in 1932. The parade started itself in 1924. On December 1st, 1966, Radio Time Signal WWV moves from Greenbelt, Maryland to Boulder, Colorado. Don't know why that move happened. Maybe a central time zone? I don't know, but that'd be interesting to look that up. And uh, started in Maryland. I was a little surprised to see that when Scotty put that in the, uh, the run of show tonight. But there you go. That's what's going on in history. There are some other things. I'm sure some legendary great broadcasts, but they were not all noted, and they've been released to the ether. Scotty's here with some events. 
We're looking at December now. It's hard to believe, but uh, look, Santa Net's already happening. We are <laughs> over Thanksgiving uh, weekend, just about. Scotty, what's going on December? We must be out of events by now, right? Well, there's a there's a big one coming up next weekend. December 2nd through the 4th is the ARRL 160-meter single-side band oh, contest. Oh, yeah. That's your, your Just in time for you. <laughs> Love that. It blows his 160. Uh, so that contest is happening. There's another contest, the FT Roundup. This is an FT8, FT4 mode only um, contest happening next weekend, December 3rd and the 4th. And a couple of special event stations. Also, the weekend of December 3 and 4 is the Skywarn Recognition, uh, Recognition Day, put on by the National Weather Service. Um, Whiskey 9 Delta is the uh, special event call there. What else we got going? Oh, celebration of the uh, 21st Amendment. Drink them up. They're feeling uh prohibition um there's a special event station whiskey eight alpha is going to be uh running a station from a brewery in ohio um you can find out more about that at breweriesontheair.com all right well thank you whiskey for that eight alcohol i like it yeah that's <laughs> that's not bad it's breweries on the air i think they're calling it breweries. you think they would have got whiskey eight bravo but uh, alcohol is good too <laughs> yeah you got to take what you can get Exactly. A 100 Watts and a Wire is proud to be community supported. You can uh, buy us a coffee, and it's easy enough to do. Just check out the uh, link on your screen or in the description. We have a couple of new uh, people to thank this week. Let's see if I can get this going. All right, get off of there. So we'd like to thank a couple of folks who became members, and becoming a member means you qualify for a 20-meter Homebrew double bazooka made by W7UDI. Jeff Carson said, yes, sir, I'll do that. Farmer Rex, Kilo Echo Zero, Mike Hotel Juliet. He's been a supporter for at least two or three years. And when you've got the American family farmers supporting you, we have to go out there and buy some corn. That's what we need to do, Steve. It's easy enough to do. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash my name. You'll find it. And there's several different ways that you can give and you can become a supporter. Some people like to pay all one chunk. Some people like to do monthly. Some people like to just buy a cup of coffee. It's easy. They don't take a lot of money from us. It's one thing about the Patreon that I didn't like. 12% of your donation. I was like, oh, that's not a good deal. So we're not doing that. But uh, And now let's talk about... Let me get, take off sexy time here. Can I tell you that yesterday in talking about a 20-meter double bazooka, now i got to talk about it just a little bit, we're going to talk Ooh. about some gear, some test gear. Ooh. I get a box. The, uh, the, 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 the camera at the door and bells are going off. I'm jingling things. i got traps set in the woods because I'm paranoid that people will come in here. and I have to... No, it's not like that, but... But uh, yeah, the, the post person came in and the box is at the door. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know. I'm not expecting anything, really. I rush up there and it's a box from W7 UDI from the uh, Pacific Northwest. And I'm like, Ooh. grab it and I'm hunched over running and looking over my shoulders <laughs> like somebody might be coming after me. I'm not that paranoid, but there, this was fragile sensitive stuff in this box. So I wanted to make sure nobody was hiding out waiting because it wasn't due to come yesterday. Fragile. It was fragile and at least, you know, precious materials. 
It's supposed to come Monday. Mm-hmm. Open it up, and I'm the one, and the two, and the three antennas, and the whole rest of the weekend changed. And it's <laughs> the rain's coming, and it's like 42 degrees. And like, this is the perfect temperature for this. This is perfect. I must hang this antenna. And uh, anyway, talking about the 20-meter double bazooka that Steve made, he's going to make one of these. By request, Steve, Mark has asked you to, to make a video showing how you did it because yep. if he can figure out how you did it, he might wait, make one or two and then donate one to the show to give away. And I'm like, sounds like a good give-give thing. But let me tell you, friends, I've got uh, a new 160 antenna up there. I've got a 40-meter um, and a new 20 meter and they are so sexy I spent most of the morning before anybody got up the sun came up I was sitting there looking at it I'm looking at the horizon like come on old girl just give me a little crack of light I just need to see something and then uh, the sun <laughs> came up and I ran out there like a fiend crazy yeah. and looking at my bag like a crazy man let's go, and, let's go uh, time. I'm, I'm sending texts we should have a we should have a portion of the show where Steve reads the text. Well, I can't read them all because some of them are just too <laughs> not suitable for any any audience. But, you know, it's can like... We, can, you, can we condense it into one hour show? <laughs> it's a new spinoff. Oh. Just the text. <laughs> I'll, I'll start. Oh, yeah. No, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me go first. Hey, MFR. It all starts. Uh, or... I, actually, I wrote him this morning. I was I was like uh, Farley's Jojo the Circus Monkey. I was all riled up, and I, I wrote to Steve. Like, <laughs> look, 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 look. I'm like, oh, no, it's like 5 a.m. there. No. It's hit send anyway. But so I was I, up. Uh, he was up, and I, I didn't even think about it, but it wasn't super crazy. But, you know, I'm like, what do I put up first? What should I put up first? What should I do? Here's my reading. Crazy person. <laughs> And then at the end of the day, I'm like, here's how all your double bazookas, like if I could fill all the trees with double bazookas, right? But I sent, the, I sent them home to daddy. Here's how they're performing your creations. And uh, we looked over the numbers and we're, everything is looking great. We've, we've got a little touch up maybe to do because, um, you know, different places, different areas are going to do different things. So mm-hmm. I may shorten a little bit on, on one of them. But anyway... Um, all I got to say is it is just so nice. The double bazooka antenna is so well made that he makes. They make them well on the market too, but he's he's figured out a way to really condense it and protect the centerpieces. Well built. Uh, people who become members uh, in this month, we're running out actually here. So if you've signed up to become a member between now and December 1st, you're going to go in the drawing to win one of these antennas. And I hope you will, and I hope you win but Steve, thank you so much. You uh, gave me. Uh, I I was just saying to myself, I haven't really had to do any antenna work in a while. Like I, I haven't really done anything, and I'm like knock wood because that's a great situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Three at once. He's like, let me change your fortune, MF. <laughs> Try this. Now's some work for you. And I'm like, man, my hands. Oh, you hurt. want some work? Here's some work. <laughs> Here's some work <laughs> for you. A few antennas on your lap and see tune what happens. This. How about this 160? Go tune that. Yeah, you know, I'm up and down the hill. I'm like, remember prices, right? It's like, I'm going up the hill, back down the hill, up in the hill. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, and my that's hands a big are hurting. Ass antenna. It's great. But thank you. 
Thank you for that. Oh, you are welcome. It was awesome. I hope you guys will get one. I will put the, uh, if you're watching here tonight, I will put it up on the screen. I would love for you to have it. Steve wants to uh, make the antenna uh, and videotape it and then put it up, um, you know, to show you guys, let you guys know, or let you guys see how to make it. And then if you're interested mm-hmm. in making it the way he makes it, hey, then he's taught you and uh, you're good to go. Let me uh, move that up off of our Christmas lights. Yeah, that'll be better. All right, cool. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit. I went on the TikTok, actually. I went to TikTok and I was like, uh, what do you guys want to deal with? What topics do you want to talk about? You know, and it's not super engaging over there. The people are either watching your one minute and flip going on. You know how you go on the TikTok. Um, but I was like, you know, let's say, yo, it's just swipe, 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 big ass, swipe, 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 another big ass, stop, slow down, <laughs> go back, go back, back, go back, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, and I'm getting some interesting, you know, it's it's all interest-based, right? So if you spend a little, couple more seconds on something, it's going to keep feeding it to you. But the hams are finding it slowly. And uh, one of our friends over there was like, how about some test gear? you know, for newer hams. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds kind of cool. I'm, I think that's fine. And uh, so I, I threw it out there to Steve, like, what do you want to, what do you think we should do on this one? And uh, so he came up with his list of uh, potential things to think about. We're not sponsored in any part by any of these companies, but Steve does own some of the stuff. I have a couple of these pieces as well. And uh, so I think let's uh, let's go through it, Steve, and you can kind of tell us why you dig it. And if you're, um, you can go back and watch the replay for our listening audience. All the links are available on the YouTube episode, so they'll all be in the description. All of these links, uh, if you buy any of these things, you don't have to. Then uh, the show will get some pennies on the dollar. It'll help the show, but you don't have to. Just a link. And uh, Steve provided these because he feels that the newer ham could use it. So, Steve, let's start off with number one here. You've got a Comet CN501H2. This is an SWR meter. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of an SWR meter. Well, it's one way if you have an SWR meter is to, when you're putting up your antennas, tuning them and, uh, and, getting your uh, station going it's another uh, also another thing is to have it in line and you can see if something changes uh throughout the course in the winter or or something happens like all of a sudden your swr goes out of you know over the top then you're like going holy smokes what's happened and uh so it's a a piece of gear just uh you can uh, use while operating or um when you're setting up uh your antenna system uh, it's a, it's the original way that we used to set up, uh, um, you know, our antennas before we had, you know, these analyzers that uh, make it just super simple. I, uh, I have a uh, an MFJ version, and we also have it in as a link. It's uh, just uh, this one is good for uh, basically from uh, 160 meters up to six meters. So yeah, this is a. Uh, one that's good for, um, for uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for, uh, you know, HF. The other thing I like about this particular one is this orange button here is either you set it in uh, uh, peak reading or RMS reading, so, or average as they, they call it. 
So most meters are going to kind of average the reading. So, hey, hey, Sycar, I'm not getting 100 watts out of my radio. I'm only seeing 50, 60 watts when I'm talking on it. Well, if you have a peak meter reading, put it into the peak mode and it will uh, it'll, you know, be closer to the 100 watts. So that's another option that uh, not all meters have it, but it's uh, something that uh, you might want to consider. Now, this particular meter is uh, good for, I think, about uh, 3K. So 3 kilowatts, definitely a lot more than what we're authorized, but it's good to have uh, a meter that will... We'll go there. So yeah, I selected the MFJ, being I had it, and then it's at 158 through Amazon. The uh, the Comet was a similar meter, but a little bit cheaper. So kind of give you the option whether you know you want uh, an MFJ or a Comet. So uh, watt meters come in all forms, and uh, I think I threw in another one that was sent. Yep, uh, that that's the MFJ. That's a different one. Um, and then I have this other, uh, this is a okay. uh, diamond, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, oh. this is geared for uh, two meters and above. So uh, when you're getting uh, watt meters, kind of just look at the frequency range that they'll, they'll work. And this is a uh, basically a VHF, UHF one, and it's only good for uh, 200 watts. So, and then if you really want the ultimate, which we didn't put in here. And, uh, but this is the, the gold standard is oh, the bird baby. 43 watt meter. These are very expensive, uh, watt meters and you change your bands and settings and readings by these little, uh, slugs that, uh, that go in here and, uh, it just goes in there and then you can read forward power or flip it over and you can read, uh, reverse power. So, but, uh, that's, uh, that particular watt meter is an overkill but they make they make slugs that will be good for ten thousand watts so <laughs> and they're always um, i'm sorry steve they I, I just know that they they hold up they're you know if you oh, have yeah. one of those they seem to keep their their value and they seem to work oh yeah they take a <laughs> mine take a lot of abuse so it's uh, it gets banged around and stuff like that so the next we have up is the uh that the mfj that basically the first a real affordable uh, SWR antenna analyzer. And um, this particular one, they've gone up in price, but uh, this is, I think, the 259D. So they've, uh, they started off with the 259, then came out with the B model, C model, and now they're at the D model. And they've always kind of, you know, improved upon it. And uh, so th this is more than, you know, just doing an SWR analyzing. It does a a plethora of other features and functions that you can do. You can even, with this particular unit, you could turn around and figure out the length of a piece of coax. You got a piece of coax, you go, I don't know how long it is. Uh, it's all coiled up. Well, pull out the analyzer and it will give you a footage reading on how long that uh, that cable is by a, you know setting it up and a, a few measurements. So a great valuable piece of uh, test equipment. If you're into building antennas or um, if you just build a few, but uh, you're involved with a club or something like that, even if you're a club, you know, get one of these um, and then um, and loan it out to club members when they're doing antenna projects. But it's a it's a great tool. Um, that's they, a bit of a classic, uh, too, isn't it, Steve? That's like that's one of the things that MFJs really 
uh, mm-hmm. known for. That's one of the pieces of equipment that that people are definitely trusting. You hear some different things about MFJ. You know, they've got some good things that are good, some things that are not so good, but that's been one of those pieces that have that have mm-hmm. held up, I, I think. Anyway. That's held up. And then they, they, I have the 269 version, which is the same analyzer, but it also it also includes the, the UHF band, so it just gives you some more option. I think this one maybe tops out at 170. I know the earlier ones do. I'm not sure exactly. Oh, this one is... Uh, does the 280 kilohertz, 160, 100 to 160 kilohertz all the way up to 230. So yeah, they, they brought up the top end a little bit. So now you can do all these new, uh, LF bands that we got analyze antennas there. So, and then there's, you know, the, uh, you know, our favorites is the, uh, the rig expert. I just happened to grab the, uh, AA35, which I have here and uh found a link similar price in uh than the um uh the mfj gives you a uh, what i like about the rig expert definitely a lot smaller um it gives you a, a visual representation of the band you can also export it uh and uh do a you know import it into some software and then you can have a nice pretty presentation on your computer screen and print it out and so uh another you know valuable piece of test equipment especially if you're making uh uh antennas and uh, working on projects like that look at this a boom another another one that one's good to up to 55 megahertz so a little bit more it's uh but uh, they also have ones that they got a unit that's a four digit model. He has four digits for it. So they they uh, go up there and quite, you know, 600 megs. And uh, so depending on your needs, uh, Rig Expert probably has the device for you. And your budget. And your budget. What else do we have here? We exactly. in, uh... So here, this is a vector network analyzer. So these are a great little tool. They're. Uh, there's a lot of info here. It's another tool that you can use to analyze your antennas, and it can do so much more. But what's nice about it, this particular one is the, the $59 version is on a pretty small screen. So it's about a three-inch screen, two-point. Look, look, look at that. Scotty what you got, has Scott? one. I got my Nano VNA with a, um, a, hmm. a 3D printed uh, case that I got off of uh, eBay for it. There you Fancy. go. So, uh, and then there's a second version, which has a slightly bigger screen, about about a four inch screen, and that would be this one. Basically the same analyzer, but uh, it just has a bigger screen. Yeah, and then there's also a uh, software that uh, you load onto a Windows-based machine, and then uh, you can export your, uh, your findings onto the, uh, onto the PC, and uh, I think you can operate it, but don't. Don't quote me on it. I haven't. I haven't tried it. I got one. <laughs> I have the four-inch version. It's uh, in my toolbox. It's a, a great device. To, I use it to sweep cavities and uh, haven't used it much with uh, HF antennas because I just kind of use this guy because he's so much simpler and easier to use. Um, the one drawback with the VNA, the instructions is very minimal, but there's a lot of YouTube videos out there. That uh, you know that will show you how to use it up, and, you know how to set it up and use it. Once you get it calibrated, it's pretty straightforward. It's uh, but it's a great piece of test equipment and uh, relatively inexpensive. So 
Think, yeah, calibration think is key one. with those nano VNAs. I'm sorry, what was that again? Oh, it's the cal- get him cal- the calibration is key with those mm-hmm. nano VNAs. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going into meters. So we're going to start off with uh, you know just uh, bare bones, inexpensive. This was a ten dollar meter. Um, I got one here that's uh, probably a twelve, fourteen dollar meter. It's pretty straightforward. The one of the uh, one of the drawbacks in like a meter like this, if you're doing voltage measurements, you kind of have to figure out what voltage range you're going to be in because it will. This particular one has uh, uh, two hundred millivolts, although, and then uh, two thousand mil, and then two volts, and then or twenty. Volts and then 200 volts and then uh, 300 volts or something like that. So I, I need my glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you got to set the ranges in there and uh, kind of figure out uh, where you're going to be. So on these meters, you end up starting at the highest and then you know click your way down until you get to get into the reading. <clears throat> so this next one, uh, similar, uh, just a little bit more. It's auto ranging and which is kind of nice and. Um, this one was uh, just a relatively inexpensive, not uh, not super. What was it, fifteen dollars or something like that? It's pretty straightforward. Um, <clears throat> it's great, you know, to have the, you know in your in a toolbox or something. Uh, I like, you know, I carry this little red guy in my box, and it's just it's my backup to my backup. It's uh, I've got uh, uh, quite a few meters and. Uh, there's always, uh, you know, every now and then you just like, oh crap, my other meters are in that case, and I only have this box with me. So now, now here you get into, you get up, you're stepping, it, stepping it up a little bit. This is Klein. Klein Tools has a uh, a pretty nice meter set. Uh, it auto ranges and uh, it does uh, this this particular one: AC/DC current, uh, capacitance, frequency. You know, die, you know, they, they pretty much all, you know, kind of got that. And uh, so uh, an- another one there that uh, you're starting to. Uh, and then and then there's the Fluke 101, which is I'm a really big fan of the Fluke. It's a uh, industry standard uh, meter, but this guy is tiny. He is really small. And so I'm going to put him next to a Fluke 87. So here's the here's the size. It's uh, but this 101 is a really super basic uh, meter. It just has voltage for AC, DC. Um, you can do millivolts, uh, resistance. It looks like it has some capacitance and then a, a little frequency uh, counter in there. But what's nice about it, you just set whatever mode you want to put it in. Bit of bang, bit of boom. I mean, this thing is tiny. This is a really small uh, meter. I this is the guy. If you're going to invest in a meter, I would you know, forty three dollars. It's uh, a pretty good deal for for a little for a little meter. That's the Fluke one oh one. All of these yep. selections by Steve. You got twelve of them. They'll be listed in the description down below in uh, the YouTube video, so you can see these products. And if anything fits your budget. Uh, but he feels that these things are things you should probably have at your disposal as you're analyzing antennas, as you're checking your SWR, and that sort of thing. And we wanted to give you a few price ranges, uh, so that was important to us. Steve, there was a question that came in in real time about 
uh, the watt meters. Uh, which one did you prefer uh, when it came to the MFJ versions? Here's one here, MFJ 870, and the other MFJ was the 874. 874, yeah. Well, the 870, now see, the 874, look at it. It is only good to, it's a VHF uh, unit. So it's only, and it's only good for 200 watts. For uh, HF, I go with the 870, which is, uh, it, it's the all around, it's the one meter uh, you use uh, for your HF. And whether you're only running 100 watts or you're running full legal limit, this will, this will cover it all. It's, uh, I've been using this one for a number of years. Uh, it was one of those that, well, let me give it a try. It's not that expensive, and it's been uh, it's been pretty accurate. It's it's held up, and it's a it's a great tool. And uh, I left it in line for many years, and then my uh, current setup uh, with the uh, the Acom has a built-in digital watt meter, so I took this guy out of line and. Now he's just basically on my bench. So if I'm testing a, an HF rig on the bench, I got this and this guy. And this is a 1500 watt um, dummy load. It's, uh, you, and this is very important. We should all, all of us should have dummy loads. This one is uh, from Veritronics. It's an MFJ company. It's good for 1500 watts, but you see this little graph on the back? 1500 watts is right up here. So, you know, you got 10 seconds to uh, mm -hmm. pump 1,500 watts into it. 750 watts, you got 30 seconds. So, but it's an air-cooled uh, dummy load. It's not that ex it wasn't that expensive, and it's a uh, I keep it in my antenna switch. So, if there's any time I need to do a tune-up, I just select the dummy load, tune up, bit of bang, bit of boom, we're on, and then switch back into the antenna, and uh, off we go. So. This is there you a, go. Nice. If you're working on a bench, these are the two items you would definitely want to have if you're going to work on a radio, a watt meter and a dummy load. And they, uh, dummy loads come in all kinds of uh, sizes and shapes. In fact, you know, go like this. Stick mm -hmm. your fingers on the connector and <laughs> oh. key up and away you go. You could be the dummy load. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's that's a Oh, well, my. thank you for that. That was awesome. We got 12 pieces of technology. <laughs> Just 11 <laughs> now. 11. We'll send you that one for free. That one's going to be a That's giveaway. That's the 101. <laughs> That's what's nice about the flukes. They can it, take a lick. It bounces. It bounces. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for that. The links are in the description if you're interested in any of those things to think about and various price ranges. We'll be taking your questions here in just a moment. Put a cue in front of it if you're here with us live. We do this Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. You're all welcome. Our listening audience should come and hang out with us. Scotty is here to tell us about there can't be anything going on in the world of ham radio. Is there a ham fest for real, real? They're still turning, turning year-round. we got a, a couple on December 3rd. The Fulton County Amateur Radio Club in uh, Archibald, o Ohio is having their ham fest. We have the Silver Springs Radio Club Ham Fest in Ocala, Florida. Also December 3rd, Superstition Amateur Radio Club Superfest in Mesa, Arizona. We have, again on the 3rd, uh, Treasure Coast Ham Fest, Vero Beach, Florida. And the uh, Lons Cruz Amateur Radio Club is having their um, fest on the uh, on the fourth in Troy, Michigan. So they're wow. still they're still churning them out. 
Well, thank you, Scotty, for those uh, wonderful ham fests that are going on. We're taking questions now. Uh, We will ask uh, Steve. We'll all chime in if we can help you at all with any of these questions. Put a cue in front of it. We've got some that we've collected through email, uh, YouTube, Tickety Talks, all the places that we... uh, we pull from, but if you're uh, here with us in real time, we'll take care of that. Stephen Wood, he has a question. He said, I'm getting poor propagation in the evening on 40 meters. Do you think the height of my antenna would be a factor? I'm using a ZS8BKW dipole, only up 15 to 20 feet. Yeah, that, that, that's a factor. But... 40 in the evenings here lately has been not the best so uh it uh it's your antenna height is not you know totally substandard but uh if it if you get up a little bit higher it would it would help um but uh the biggest factor that's going to be you know affecting your propagation is uh mother earth and you know mother nature it's basically it's been kind of sucking it um i was hoping this weekend we'd have some pretty decent propagation on 40 and it's it hasn't so combination it, of both height yeah. and propagation so yeah Great it's answer. you'll you'll be fine for local stuff you know at 15 feet if you're looking at trying to work you know one of the coasts uh, depending on where you're at uh some long distance the height will be is a it was a factor but uh, local stuff at 15 feet, you'll be fine. All right. Thank you for that question. Uh, again, if you have a question, put a cue in front of it. We will pull it and uh, start uh, answering your questions here. Here's one that we uh, received. Can you explain takeoff angle? This is Ron. Can you explain takeoff angle? Well, takeoff angle is measured basically um, where the, the majority of, of your signal is... Uh, going to be departing your because the so let me start so you got a horizontal dipole and the the height above ground has an effect on the on the angle of the uh of your rf so it's the dipole is going to radiate out like this and then it's going to hit the ground and then bounce off of that and then the majority of your signal is going to go up at an angle so when you have your antenna low it's going to reflect like going, you know, going up. Think about, all right, here's, here's a perfect example. When you're skipping rocks on a lake, a body of water, just take a rock. So if you kind of get it down, you know, low and boom, you get it, you get that rock skipped out. It goes out pretty fast. If you kind of come in high, um, it's, uh, it'll, it will just go up. It's like using a, you know, hitting a golf ball with a one wood. It's going to be low and long. With a wedge, it's going to be short and high. So, and but in t- in RF, your antenna height, especially when it comes to a horizontal antenna, is going to be affected by the height above ground, and that's going to change the uh, the takeoff angle. Typically, if your antenna is about a half wavelength above the ground, the the takeoff angle is going to be around 24 degrees, somewhere in that area. Once you get it up higher, it will kind of decrease. But vertical antennas, by the nature of their design and how they they have a nice low angle of uh, take, you know takeoff angle, and they're like ten to fifteen degrees. 
and the the key is that's how you get the the longer distance so but uh for takeoff angle it's uh height frequency <laughs> and versus the ground so but it's it's measured in degrees uh basically so half wavelength 24 degrees full wave, wavelength and it's going to be it'll be down around 20 or so to All 18 right. well thank you for that question i hope that helps you uh, to our friends who are with us today who have a question, private ombre. The end, I think, is ombre. silent on that. I would not say nombre. He says, does uh, that takeoff angle happen right under the antenna or further distance out, like 50 yards? It's going to be in the near field of uh, of your antenna. And, and you're like, oh, what the hell is near field, Steve? It's within one wavelength of your of the frequency you're operating is your near field of your uh, of your antenna so it'll happen within the near field survey says Ding. all right that's a good answer okay let's uh check another one out here's tom which do you prefer vertical or dipole personally i've been more on the dipoles it's uh just the nature of it. i haven't uh played much with vertical antennas in the hf realm uh i've played more on the vertical antennas in the vhf uhf realm and that's a whole different animal and uh but when it comes to hf uh been more on the on the dipole but uh do want to uh, start uh, looking in and possibly building a few vertical antennas and uh and see how well they perform i was out um, I went out to a little peak that reminds me of my father. After he passed, I found a spot on my property. It overlooks this little valley. Put a picture on Discord, but the sun wasn't right, so you couldn't see the depth as well as I do sitting there. My best option was this vertical antenna. And I know so little about these. This was another text that came to Steve over the weekend. Because I was trying to figure out, like, it's supposed to be a vertical where you don't have to tune anything and the swr is a promise and all this sort of stuff and i thought well i have my 7300 out here what happens if i hit my tuner on a vertical it feels just like it's a you know it's a bunch of stacking together type of things that connect and go 13 feet is the tuner even doing anything on that yeah See, I, it, it'll do it i mean it, it worked it was I working mean, it was working it was working like, yeah like my tuner was like, and it was working, but I was thinking, you know, does it need a wire? This is one of those things after a decade. I don't know much about these vertical antennas the, and what the, the wire is doing. With a vertical, the key with a vertical antenna is you need a counterpoise. And uh, the more radials you can put down, uh, the more efficient it uh, becomes, especially on ground-mounted uh, verticals. Now, if you have it elevated up like eight feet uh, where the uh, the feed point is you can get away with you know three or four uh, radial wires and that will be more than sufficient but when it's ground mounted you have to have a lot of radials to um, to uh, make up the ground losses and uh, so that's the key on verticals is is, is the counterpoise and uh, and there's some antenna manufacturers saying oh no you don't need a uh, you don't need a counterpoise on a vertical antenna. It's like, no, that's so wrong. What ends up happening is those antennas that uh, you don't have ground radials on, guess what? Your coax becomes the counterpoise. And now you got RF coming back into your house or into your operating position. So 
yeah, be leery, weary of uh, anytime someone says, oh, no, you don't need to counterpoise. Every antenna needs a counterpoise of one sort of another. Good to know. A question from Todd. Christian, did you get your activation on the cliff? I did. I went out and I took this, uh, it's called a full metal jacket. This vertical goes up 13 feet in the air. It's got a big old tripod. It was a little clunky. You know, this was not a soda type activation where you're hiking in. This is what started my mind thinking, you need that. What is it? The 891? Everybody's buying it. Everybody's mm -hmm. doing it. You're going to need that thing. Just $600. Go in there. Rob the liquor store. You know, it was kind of like, oh, no, no, no. Just smack myself do in the it. face. No, don't do it. Do it. You know, and everybody, Pastor Joe, of all the people, Pastor Joe was like, you can do it. Scotty could turn my voice into <laughs> Satan, but yeah. You can do I, I know Pastor Joe's head was spinning. It was yeah, <laughs> green vomit, the poltergeist, <laughs> the, you know, pea soup. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. Help me. Pray. <clears throat> but no, but I, Todd, I thought, if you want to hear the contact that uh, Christian made, I recorded 10 minutes. Well, I posted up 10 minutes of the re, of the uh, the first 10 minutes. I think it went 13 minutes was the uh, okay. QSO you had. So you were patient, too, because uh, I listened to a bit of that and I was like, "Whoa, I was down in it, but I was still getting out there. You know, there just mm -hmm. was no I was really out on a bluff. That overlooks a valley, and I'm looking at the trees. I'm like, I can't string a wire in here. And as time, the next day came and went, I thought maybe an end fed would work. Maybe I could throw the arborist thing over the tree. And I'm like, 66 feet, this is going to be something else. You know what I mean? You mess around, you're playing with ropes, you slip, and you're going off the side of the hill. <laughs> I can't do that. And I had well, my that rope might save your ass too. So <laughs> I had my baby girl with me, right? And she's she's doing everything. Like she's she's going around and she's looking at she's going down a little bit over on the side. And I'm like between the QSOs, my baby gotta get don't go that way. Don't come back this way. Don't go that she's like, I got you. I'm all right. So I was I said this vertical was the best thing. And I was like, I really don't know anything about this thing. And I think I've blamed my lack of understanding of this antenna on the antenna and bad propagation. One time I, I tried to make a contact, took it out on a crappy propagation day in the summer. And I'm like, God, ah, isn't it? And I'm thinking, you know, you didn't even give it a chance. You don't really understand this. So I think coming up, we need to do a little bit of vertical talking more, more of how that works. But anyway, thanks Todd. Thanks for asking. I made some contacts, South Carolina, I think we did Texas. I, I worked Steve. Steve was patient enough to help uh, get me in the log, and I kept the QSO kind of short with him because I, I think he was doing all the heavy lifting. I was on 20. But, you know, in the woods, there's something about that, being out there, and I'm out, out with my daughter, and we're sitting there overlooking Dad's Peak there, and here comes Steve, like, uh, Whiskey 7 United Delta Indian. I'm like, listen, isn't that amazing? We're not plugged into anything. We've hiked into the woods. I guess it's crazy. There's Steve, you know. And I'm sure on the other end, I was like, Kilo! You heard it. <laughs> you heard it on the other Totally like that, man. But it was a blast. But I, I thought maybe this is too much. You know, it's too much weight. I'm getting like, I don't think of it. I think it's post hernia. And then, you know, getting into my 50s now, it's like I'm 
weight is becoming. It's, I think it's just smart anyway. Like you don't want to go hiking in with light with heavy stuff. But I, I'm at a point now where I'm thinking, I'm not taking the rack mount. I'll take it out of the mount. I, I, everything is like, how much am I going to lug? And because coming back up that hill was a mother. <laughs> You know, so anyway, you need to make a path there so you can drive out there with your truck. Yeah, right. That and would be great. But there you go. what also would help is that 891. I'm like, 891, 891. <laughs> do it, do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, just, it was, it was a lot of, and I, I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Just don't do it, don't do, do it. it. Anyway. There it is. That was totally like it was Pastor Joe. He's holding the rosary and. I'm like, but Pastor Joe, I just, I don't think it's a proper thing to you. And his head is spinning and it's just, do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get into some more verticals and stuff like that. Maybe we have time for another question. Did we have one that came in? I think uh, there was one more that we can answer. We're pushing up on our, our podcast listening audience's time. I don't want to keep you guys too long. It's perfect for your commute. Uh, to do it this way, uh, maybe we can do a, a simple one here. Let's see. This might not be simple. Let's see. I have a lightning grounding question. Yep, lightning grounding. That's going to have to wait. <laughs> How about this one, Steve? Like, that one's a complicated one. What is MUF? M-U-F. Be careful. Whoa. Ooh, be very Easy careful. Easy, Easy, Rick Flair. In my younger days. Whoa. Dynamite! No. Whoa. <laughs> Easy, fellas. Easy. <laughs> Easy, boys. Settle down. It's uh, maximum usable frequency is what uh, MUF stands for. Got it. And basically, it is uh, the highest frequency. And it's measured uh, multiple times throughout uh, <clears throat> the day at uh, WWV is one place. There's... Um, multiple places around the world that uh, measure the uh, maximum usable frequency. So you can kind of look up on uh, on the propagation report and you look for where MUF is and that will tell you, it will, it will display a number and it will say like 25.5, which means, oh, that's 25.5 megahertz is the highest maximum or is the maximum usable frequency. And uh, so it's like, oh, 25 megs. Bit of bang, bit of boom. We got, uh, we have uh, 15 meters and 12 meters that is uh, should be open, and it's. But be careful because it's based on that location. There is a, a website out there. I don't have the uh, uh, the the link off the top of my head. I have it uh, uh, as a as a bookmark, but it uh, gives me uh, gives you the uh, locations of all the. Uh, stations around the world and you can see where the muf is and you can kind of watch it where here when you're in the in the dark the muf will be you know 10 megahertz or even 7 megahertz in the middle of the night here in the u.s but on the other side of the world it'll be 30 megahertz so in the daylight so you get to see you know how the propagation is working uh, throughout the world but in a real basic realm muf not the muff is your maximum usable frequency. There you go. Keep an eye on your muff, your maximum usable frequency, your eyes (laughs) on the muff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends, we want to know what you're struggling with. Are you uh, dealing with anything that you don't understand? Bring it in here to us and let us help you figure it out and if we don't know we'll help you go search somewhere we've got good books we've got a lot of resources in the community and we're happy to lend a hand 
Now, stay tuned over most of these same stations for post-show coverage of the 100 Watts and Wire Sunday Evening Net. For our podcast listeners, join us every Sunday, 6 o'clock Central Time, to join the live show. We'd love to have you here in attendance, if you will. Steve, thank you so much for those beautiful antennas. I will be sore as what they call a mofo tomorrow, but uh, I'm going to be sound and good. 7-3 to you, sir. 7-3. And Scotty, thank you so much for all the work that you do on the show. Volunteering, he does the editing, he's got all these things. He's like, look at the software, make your audio sound good, Chris. I'm like, what's he saying? I suck again? Oh, man. But uh, very valuable. What's he mean? I suck until I hit that big button. I hit that button and I get the software. Then I sound good. I got a knob that says less suck, more suck. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. to turn it in the appropriate direction. I try to live my life a notch above suck all the time. <laughs> all right, 73 to you, Scotty. Thank you, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for coming around, hanging out. Have a great, safe week. We're heading into December, and uh, we'll catch you live again on Sunday. Uh, take care of yourselves. Look after each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 73, everybody. 73, y'all. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.